Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Top 5, a show where we count things down all the way from number 40 all the way up to number 1. No, that's not right. Five. Five things. Counting down the hits. <laughs> this is VH1. Well, it's kind of appropriate this week, because this week on Top 5, we're taking a look at the Top 5 songs from the 90s. Yes. Kind of appropriate. Yes. Uh, we need a Casey Kasem uh, interlude. Dear Casey, last week I was sad about my girlfriend leaving me and my dog dumping me. And my car running away with my best every friend. Time, every time I come out of a fast rock song and you guys give me a sad effing letter to read. Yeah. Man, this is a, this is a tough one. The uh, songs from the 90s, because there are so many songs that came out in the decade of the 90s. It was so like many really good. Years. <laughs> so many good songs came out in the 90s. But today, while listening to 90s on the 9 on the Sirius XM... <laughs> They aren't playing any of the good ones because no. there's a lot of crap there's that also crap. came out in the 90s. Oh, yes. This was this was tough, guys. I got to tell you, because if you look at my also rans and we'll get to the also rans uh, at the end of the show. But man, there are some stuff that I could keep going on and on and on. And then as we were sharing emails today, we we're like, oh, my God, can you remember that? That song? That's not anywhere on anyone's also ran kind of stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff uh, this week. So I guess we will start out at number five. With Matthew. Hi there. Your number five song from the 90s. My number five song, and this is weird because I like to start with a song that kind of gives us a thing. My number five is usually not the greatest, not the most perfect, but I think number five is a good place to have your archetypical answer. Had to cough there for just a moment. So my number five is a song that encapsulates... The experience of being alive in the 1990s comes from Dead Set in the Middle of the Decade, and it contains one of the most 90s sentiments ever, and it goes like this, tell me all your thoughts on God, because I'd really love to meet her. And of course, I'm talking about counting blue cars. Nobody knows the name of it. Everybody thinks, if you go on the internet and you say, I want the tell me all your thoughts on God song, this will come up. Uh, by Dishwalla. This is their one hit, and they were a wonder. I still listen to this song because it has just a wonderful open, just this kind of a quiet progression of guitars. And then, of course, you get into the chorus, and the chorus is yelling, and it's right in my singing range, so I can drive to work, and I can just scream my guts out to this song. And I don't know what it means because the lyrics are kind of Ooh, esoteric, and maybe the characters in this in this thing die. Maybe they don't. Maybe they walk forever. No one really sure. But all I know is when it's over, I have to kind of come down a little bit. I have to listen to something else to to you know to bring me back down from that pop. It's like you you take the red one and then you take the blue one and then you kind of balance out. So that's why number my my number five counting blue cars from nineteen ninety five. Uh, my number five uh, this week. 
song that I discovered when I went to college and finally got to see this MTV channel people were talking about. That's cool. This MTV thing. It's new, I tell you. Of course, I was there for a couple of years uh, and the dorms finally got the the MTV and we'd watch it. And there was one song that just struck me as fascinating because not only was it visually stunning with all this weird people in poses and angles and lighting, uh, but there was a mandolin being played in it. And then it had this song about, hey, there's me standing in the corner. Uh, that's me in the spotlight losing my religion. And I was like, well, what does this mean, losing my religion? Does this mean someone has really lost their religious beliefs? And at this time, I was going through this catharsis of what does it mean to be religious or not religious mm-hmm. and where I wanted to find. So part of that spoke to me. But then also it's this idea that um, I'm angry. I'm losing my civility. I am at the end of my rope kind of desperation. And that comes across in the song and the music video as well. And even though R.E.M. has a lot of really great songs that came out in the 90s and before, um, this one kind of solidified to me why I liked R.E.M. so much in 1991 with Losing My Religion. Mm -hmm. That great break where it's like, that's me in the spot. Yep. Light. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I like that song a lot. I do, too. Reminds me of Leroy Likes. Uh, Zach, what do you got for your number five? All right. So let's, let's just, let's just preface this really quick. Nineties is the decade I was born in. Right. right. So, so we're going to have a lot of Barney. We're going to have a lot of, and uh, the Zoobles and oh, bananas in pajamas and all that on your list. Right. Not quite, but Shusha. these are definitely songs that remind me of, uh, my childhood. Um, some of them the I just, I discovered, um, not until, the late time of the 2000s. Oh, that's okay, too. Right. But some yep. of them firmly plant me back into the the days of yesteryear. That's fine. And this one is one of those. You guys thread some lyrics, so let me read some lyrics. Okay. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny that when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you get sprung. My number five... Is there mixed lots? <laughs> Baby got back, <laughs> and I just realized if you if you uh, read those lyrics I'm in the in, uh, uh, <laughs> thank you um, in your mind like um, Morgan Freeman, also <laughs> also very funny. I like <laughs> I cannot I like lie, big <laughs> and I cannot lie. Um, this is a song that when I moved back to Kansas, I mean, yeah, this is a song that been around and knew forever but yeah, yeah, yeah when i moved back from kansas to california my sister and i had never really been close and um she and i were doing something i drove up to kansas city to see her and we were motoring back to topeka at the first exit um and all of a sudden this song came up and simultaneously <laughs> we both cranked reached to the volume cranked it up as loud nice. as it could and just started screaming yes. at the top of our lungs uh, this song, and so I think that song made my sister and I have a little closer connection. Good. This is this is one of those songs that I prided myself as a child that I could, uh, I could I could go without the music, and I could do probably the entire first verse as a like an eight year old. I feel like it's still pretty impaired. Your parents are probably <laughs> Yes. Uh, this is the song that made you feel really Young cool because you didn't have any really idea what they were talking about besides that this guy likes butts. Yeah, and that's I mean that's funny when you're eight and you think <laughs> it's cool, it. and that's why that's 
Why? Butts. Uh, <laughs> Butts. Baby got so, back is my well, number five. I have to teach that to the boy. Anyway, Rodrigo, what do you have on your number five? Uh, my number five is um, actually, interestingly, one of the few songs, one of the few R and B songs that my sis, that my sister and I could agree on uh, that we liked. And again, you know, I'm uh, older than Zach, but I was still pretty young in the '90s, so we kind of didn't understand what the lyrics were, but we both liked the song. Um, usually, she liked. A lot of crappy R&B. And mm-hmm. at the time, I think I liked a lot of crappy rock and roll. So we never really saw eye to eye on that until much later. But um, one thing we could agree on was uh, No Diggity by Blackstreet <laughs> featuring Dr. Dre. Totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, oh, my God. Yep. It's it's just I think the real awesome thing about the song is that simplicity that it has. It's just that piano over and over again with a dun 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 um and then everybody raps over it there's just innuendo and straight up not at all innuendo uh going around like crazy and it's just it's it's a it's a it's a mellow dance track that usually gets people up on their feet and sometimes grinding on each other um, so definitely through middle school and high school, I enjoyed it when it come it came up in dances. Uh, number five for me, No Diggity by Blackstreet, 1996 from the album Another Level, I believe. Excellent. I just I was just looking through my also rands because I knew I had that one on there, and I realized I put it as No Diggity, No Diggity by yes, the Backstreet I, Boys and Doctor Dre. I, I saw that I saw that as well, and I was I was gonna tell you about it, but I was like, Nah, it'll be funnier if it comes up in the show. <laughs> Uh, yep. All right. Those are our fives. Matthew, <laughs> let's move on to number four. Number four. The 90s were a decade all about hope and weirdness and sort of in a thought process of it can be done and locked it all. But there was always a dark underbelly in the 90s. And part of that was, you know, the whole Kurt Cobain thing. Sure. So for me, my number four will always be rem- remembering the fact that when this song was hot, I would play it in my my uh, red 1977 Monte Carlo with a lovely girl named Siobhan. But as we were listening to this song one day, we transitioned out and the local DJ pointed out that the guy who wrote it had killed himself like the day before or something. Uh, hey, Jealousy by the Gin Blossoms. It's a great song because it has a very upbeat kind of do-do-do-do-do. It's a very happy song. It's kind of do-do-do, bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. And the lyrics are horrifying. The lyrics are just like, hey, you can trust me not to think, and if you don't expect too much from me, you probably won't get let down. It's this thing where he's he's talking apparently to someone he loves and explaining how it's all going to be better now. But as he goes, it gets worse and worse, and it's like, it's probably going to be, actually, it's probably going to be just about the same. And Really, the whole reason I'm here is because I got no other place to go. That that mix of the the bouncy, hoppy kind of song with that kind of dark underbelly and that horror of what really is going on here, what's going on in this guy's head. First of all, it's a great hook. It sticks in your head, and I can sing mm-hmm. the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. I still sing the hell out of it. But there's that moment where you're singing it where you're just like, oh, my God, what am I singing? And I actually sang it at karaoke one night. And my friend Carl, who's a very much a literalist, was mad. Huh? I'm like, why are you mad? 
He's like, you are not singing the lyrics. And I realized I was not singing the lyrics. I was not singing what was on the screen because I wasn't reading the screen. I was singing what 1994 Matthew heard the lyrics as. And so the words that I was saying fit the tempo and meter and made sense, but were not the lyrics to the song. And when I started looking at the lyrics to the song, they're even more depressing and horrible. And something that's bouncy and upbeat, yet somehow also terrifying, really kind of epitomizes the 90s for me. And it, that's why. It, it really does. There's yeah. a there's a big undercurrent. There was a big undercurrent in the 90s of sort of like, you know, the economy was good and things were good. Yeah. But it's like our lives are still not okay. Like right. We're, we're rolling out of Generation X. We're all kind of growing up. And yeah. we don't know what to do with ourselves kind of stuff. Yeah. Just even the people who seem to have it together. Mm-hmm. You find out later, oh, my God. And it may be that that's the decade where I started trying to be an adult and have my S well, together. I mean, that's that's the case. I mean, you and I, we were 20, we through, 20, 20 through 30. 20 through 30 is what we're, we're looking at for you and I. And that's whenever I'm looking at my list and reflecting on my list and what I was doing when I was composing the list was, you know, what are these songs that have personal meaning for me? And so whenever I get to my number four, you know, losing my religion was me finding my religious base – as I'm, I'm maturing, I'm not under the house where I have to obey the, the religious rules of the house. Mm-hmm. I'm under my right. own guidance. When I hit number four, I'm thinking about things that happened towards the end of the, the 90s mm-hmm. in 1999 and me kind of rebelling against, you know, rebelling even more against what I had done. Um, you know, this typical what we are supposed to do. I had just packed up my, my stuff and moved off to California, moved from East Coast to West Coast. And, um, and was going through a divorce at the time and just trying to figure out all these things that was going on my, with my life. And I was just saying, hey, I, w- I need something different. And that's where Blink-182 came in, into this kind of poppy rock, borderline punk type mm-hmm. music style uh, that came out in 1999. And there's two really good songs. It was a tie here. So instead of saying, hey, well, here are two songs that tied, I actually think Enema of the State is an album that really encompasses a lot of what was going on with me in 1990, especially What's My Age Again, which mm-hmm. is just, let's be a jackass, right? And and what are people... It's you know, hey, all these, that part down. Well, see? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then this thing about all the small things, which is all these small things that you do have an impact on, on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in this case, <laughs> in the song that they're talking about, it's how he was talking about his high school sweetheart who he ended up marrying and, and, and so on. But, you know, both of those songs have some really cool music to them, really cool lyrics to them, a lot of hooks to them. And so um, What's My Age Again and All the Small Things are my tie for number four. So I'm just putting Enema of the State uh, down as my number four. We can do that? Well, I'm I'm just uh, saying I if we want to look at a tie. do that. That'll change everything. Well, I'm just saying as a tie, both of those are coming from Enema of the State. So that says something about that album. Yeah. We'll call it a flip side. You got a B side. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach, what do you got on your number four? My number four. Zach, that's about records, by the way. Oh, no. I know all about the records. I got the some. Flip over. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, got a record? Yeah, I do have a record player. He does. Um, My number four is a very <laughs> big departure from Blink-182. This is some brothers with really long hair singing some un- uh, noble words. This is Mbop by Hanson. Hey, you know, Hanson, I know people are going <laughs> to laugh at that. No, you can't laugh at it. You it's can- a great song. <laughs> 
you can't. You can't. I will. Enough. I will back sack <laughs> up on you. this. Thank you. If you're looking at the counter to in sync, right? Yeah. It is in. It is. Uh, it is the the Hansons. The Hansons. Um, well, like the man, there's the three of them. Yeah, I know. The Hansons. I know. It just sounds like the Mansons. They are the opposite of trying to be a poppy boy band, right? But they're still generating some pop songs that I think had a an impact. That and Britney Spears together, those mm-hmm. two, and I think they came out about the same time. What time did M- Mbop uh, come out? I don't know. Let me look it up. 94, 95, something yeah. like that. Something like that. But when you think about what's going on in teen music, Hanson is is one of those that I can see that being on your list. Yeah. It's just, that that is a song that when I start listening to it, I will listen to it for 25 times in one week because I just remember listening it's short to it as a kid. Too, isn't it's it? really short. Like two and a half. Yeah, yeah. And you can sing to it. It doesn't really matter. You can sing like a really high falsetto it's, because. That's like four minutes because I had to play that when I worked in radio back in the day. Well, it's a, it's a good filler song. Yeah. It's good. It's good stuff. And apparently they're actually still around, Hanson. Yeah, they are. They put out a song, I think, last summer or something. Mm-hmm. It was called Please Love Us. We still do Mbop. <laughs> it's called When Your Voice Changes. <laughs> yes. The formative yeah. years. 97 was Mbop. Yeah, so right around really? the same time Britney yeah, Spears yeah. came out. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yep. Cool, cool. So that's your number four. Number four. Reminiscing about those boys banging on their drums <laughs> and whatnot. All right. That brings us around to Rodrigo. <laughs> and his number four. Um, my number four is... Um, <laughs> Yeah, man, Hanson. Good, good, good times, <laughs> I guess. Um, my number four is uh, when somebody says the 90s, this is the song that I think of. Not just the song, but also the video for it. Um, I'm talking about uh, Low by Cracker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, this song has pretty much everything that you want in the 90s. Weird, kind of nonsensical lyrics about being upset about a relationship. Um, All the grit and and overdrive in your guitar while still not being in any way a a metal song, being very alternative. Um, A black and white music video largely shot um, with... uh, in in a in grain like with with grainy and like only a single source of light an actress that was popular at the time but you rarely <laughs> see anymore um yeah low low has everything um angst that is kind of weird and not like <laughs> to, to the point that it's almost not relatable yeah. um and it has the lyrics um like a junkie cosmonaut um, which is uh, which is pretty classy. So for me, when somebody says, "What were the '90s like?" I play them low, and uh, usually get about every reaction um, from just from that single video that you could imagine. Yeah, that's weird. Am I up? You are up. We are two hour Good, number threes right from now. Rodrigo's low. We travel to my high, or in this case, my high and dry. Boom. Uh, Boom. We don't plan this stuff, but high and dry by Radiohead. Radiohead is one of those 
really intellectual kind of bands that I wasn't into when their music was actually coming out. I didn't get into Radiohead until years and years after. But High and Dry, I remember watching the video with uh, Otter Disaster in his crappy basement apartment and being fascinated by how weirdly serene the song was and yet vaguely depressing but still upbeat at the same time and it's got a very very high kind of almost falsetto in certain parts of it once again it's a song that i can sing and i want you all to know if you're listening to this if you have not heard me sing high and dry you are missing an experience for both of us because it usually puts me in a very very depressive state but it's so beautiful and so lyrical and so weird. And most importantly, the band has kind of disowned it. That's what I love about it, is that it's it was kind of their their first big hit, and people are like, hey, this is great. Let's go listen to more Radiohead. And the rest of Radiohead isn't really like this. And the guys from Radiohead are like, we don't really like that song anyway. We didn't kind of want to record it in the first place. Which, again, makes it kind of that perfect 90s song, something that happened by accident that's really wonderful. And then it goes, which is really kind of cool. So high and dry, my number three. Yep, three on Let's that say list. number three. Beautiful song. I had a very depressing list, too. Number three was almost uh, Alanis Morissette's Uninvited. You know, with I, that. Oh. It's on my, it's also, it's a lot of her stuff's on my also rants just because yeah, it's that so good. Austere piano part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. And it's so, it's not dark, but it is dark. And it's kind of like, I, I, well, not I mean, cut my wrists, but th- I there's, could. yeah, there's, I mean, this is the age, you know, I forget who Matthew, maybe you started us off. I mean, there's a lot of angsty driven stuff that's coming out in the nineties. And a lot of it is depressing because mm-hmm. you and I are coming out of a cold war era where everything was, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die, and now what? Die in the flames. And now what? Yeah, now there's, there's, and now there's what? Stuff. And then there could be Nothing. hope, but a lot of us are just like, we have no direction because at one point we were told not to have any direction because we are all going to die in a nuclear blast at some point anyway. Yeah. On the other hand, Zach, mm-hmm. the, this music should be really important to you because the resurgence of hipsters came about in the 90s. And so all of your clothing and all of your all of the your way of life, all of the stuff that all you of my way of life, yes. <laughs> yeah. Anthropologically speaking, you so, wouldn't exist without the nineties. When 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 Rodrigo and Zach and I were talking the other day about you know what are we going to do for a topic this week, Rodrigo had said, "Well, our top fives generally come in in three flavors, right, Rodrigo? Mm-hmm. They are." Oh, my sandwich? Okay. Yep. It's movie stuff, food, and everyday life. Yeah, everyday life, personal stuff, stuff that uh that kind of strikes us. So again, as I'm as I'm like, oh, we could use personal stuff in music, mm-hmm. and that's why Rodrigo's going last, because he said songs from the nineties, I believe. Yeah. And uh and I was like, okay, well let's tie that into personal things. So this is kind of you learning a little bit about us. Right. For me, a lot of my music influence growing up fell into two categories. It was either classical. Or it was music from the 50s and 60s. So here I am in the 90s, and that's where my musical <laughs> influence. I had skipped over, you know, I was familiar with a lot of the stuff from the 80s and, and really skipped over the whole 70s until probably about 2000 when I really yeah. got back into the 70s music again. 
But I remember working at the radio station at, at college, and Matthew had mentioned Bruce Otter just a moment ago. But I remember sitting on our brand new CD players. Jeez, it played CDs, Zach. It wasn't albums. It was these little shiny disc things. And I saw them and said, I must have one. Because portable uh, CD players were just coming out about that time. As yeah, an affordable, as stuff? affordable, yeah. yeah. A thousand dollars. Well, one. in the early nineties, yes, but by ninety four, ninety five, I think I paid one hundred and twenty or something for my first Walkman. Something did it have, like that. Uh, the, it the, did have skip protection. Did it have skip on protection. It. it did have skip biggest protection. Per, biggest thing in uh, Walkmans. Yeah, yeah, skip yeah, protection. Yeah. But I remember this album sitting there and seeing this crazy cover of things blowing up, and I'd heard it played a couple of times, and I was just like, oh, I don't know, this sounds a little weird. This is out of my comfort zone of of stuff that i want to listen to and it was green day's dookie and again two songs if it's hard on dookie to pick two songs out of there that or one song out of there that goes on this list because they all kind of blend together they kind of do but you know when you look at basket case that's the first one that i put on there it's like oh basket case and then i went down the track list and i was like oh there's every graduation song since yeah. 1994, yeah, yeah. Good Riddance, Time of Your Life, which is a nice little ballad song that uh, is just... Was Good Riddance off of Dookie? I'm yes. pretty sure that was on Nimrod. No, it was on... It was on Ooh. Uh, Ooh, I'm pretty sure that, that track listing. Do, do, oh, maybe do, it's not on that do, one. Do. Nimrod. Oh, Nimrod. Oh, okay, so Nimrod. good. Basket Case. <laughs> and if we wanted to tie it in with something else, uh, Welcome to Paradise. Which is a re-record, yeah, but sure. uh, basket case off that uh, off that album, just uh, really, really yeah, good. It's a really good song, uh, yeah. And just you know, this is me at this point in my life suddenly saying, "Hey, there's other music out there beyond you know this stuff that you've just been forced to play as part of your radio gig." Here's something that's been brought in that's different. Yeah. And I always and I think uh, at one point on one of our other shows, I talked about our um our secret. Uh, I don't know, our, our little secrets, something about secrets that we did a, a while ago. And uh, then Bruce wrote to me and says, well, the reason why this was a, a guilty pleasure, it was our guilty pleasures episode, why this is a guilty pleasure for you was because of this was something that was different. We were kind of beyond or right at the verge of being beyond this type of music mm-hmm. when it came out. And that's why for us, it feels like a guilty pleasure. But even going back now, I look at my playlist, Green Day's Dookie, em- uh, Enema of the State, still rank up there as some of my most played songs yeah. uh, that I listen to. And I just love this kind of guitar driven rock. Basket is a really good song. Yeah. 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 The music video is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just as weird as the song. Is. Yeah. yeah. All right. So good riddance doesn't have to be on there, but we'll take that off. Doink. 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 Zach, what do you got on your number three? Uh, my number three, I did not ever listen to in the nineties, but I came about it. <laughs> In the mid-2000s, much like uh, Blink-182 and Green Day, as a matter of fact, because I started playing guitar my sophomore year of high school, and so I started listening to, uh, well, not to put down any music, but basic kind of driving guitar music that I could probably pick out and play on my guitar right and that the 90s the 90s a oh, yeah. great decade for yes. easy songs to play yes they are oh, yeah. it's wonderful because you Three can still chords, play them yeah, you don't need to know anything but you, you can have fun playing them and that led me to my number three which is smells like teen spirit yep by there it is. nirvana i'm glad that's on the list 
We were waiting for it. Oh yeah. One of my songs, one of my probably only song on my list that everyone will probably agree that should actually be there. <laughs> <laughs> this song, um, I played it with my friends at our prom. We played it before uh, the the high school, and just love it. We have I still have no idea what the frick it's about. The lyrics, even if you look them up, make absolutely no sense. Which is part of the reason why I like this song because it's just, about Kurt Cobain took drugs, right? Exactly. <laughs> and so the fact that you can still know the lyrics and just scream out nonsense while you're driving down the interstate just makes for a great song. Yeah. I remember um, after the KAB convention in Seattle, and I want to say it was 1990 or 91, everybody came back and, and everybody was talking about this new band, this Nivarna that they heard about and how it was awesome. And they played it for me, and my first thought was, I've heard this before. Yeah, but you hadn't I, heard it wrapped in flannel. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was yeah. the Pixies. I'll oh, tell you yeah. What I know. Yeah. But in any case, yeah, it was huge because we're like, everybody's like, have you heard about this Nirvana? And like two weeks later, everybody had. Yeah. You could not escape it. It was, it was ubiquitous. Yeah, especially because it had the Naked Baby, naked on, the, baby on the, the cover. cover. Yeah, yeah, the Naked Baby cover. That whole album just kind of blew up for like five years. You couldn't oh, yeah. escape it. I remember going to the Brass Rail and some uh, some wag, and this man should have been in the space program, uh, sitting in a, in a restroom, <laughs> and somebody wrote in Sharpie on the wall, smells like teen urine. <laughs> was that you, Matthew? <laughs> it was not Was me. that I, you? Was that sounds me. like something you would do. I wish it was. And then me. going around and telling everybody, hey, did you see what I wrote in the bathroom? <laughs> no, I wish it was me because that I would have taken care. I would have credited that. I would carry that with me. That would be on my resume today <laughs> had I been that kid. But sadly, I was only a mere observer. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit was really what exploded grunge. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, can, I, can, I can imagine, you know, a, a smoky coffee house in Seattle where, like, you just hear, like, footsteps coming down the stairs and Eddie Vedder runs in and he's like, Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots. Smells like Teen Spirit just hit. Yeah, Everybody yeah, yeah. strap on your flannel. <laughs> We're getting out of here. <laughs> swarm, swarm. You know, I think this is a, one of those. Together. I think this is one of those songs that really kind of uh, typifies the Gen X generation. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Gen Xers. There was a book, and I forget what it is now, that um, came out right around the same time shortly after. Um, Skrill Brian got me hooked on it. Um it's about a startup company, about all these these Gen Xers that are starting up a maybe it's called Gen Xers, I forget what it is. Um, but it it really had the same kind of vibe as a lot of what you heard in the Nirvana albums. Um, so yeah, good good uh, good call, good call. Thank you. Thank you. Well done, young man. You, you have almost made up for I like big butts. Oh, it's only going to get. Worse. Oh no, please. No, actually, no, it's not. Uh, number three, Rodrigo. My number three. Rod three go. Rod three Is the song possibly with the best beat to come out of the 90s, which is a bold claim. I understand Rico that. Um, no. Not Rico Suave? Not Rico Suave. Not, not Informer. Um, oh God! I forgot about Informer. No, I know, I have to... right? I know. Oh, Not really changed my it, list. Yeah. Um, 
but it is a, a song called Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Could See uh, by Busta Rhymes. Come out in 1997, and it goes like this. Boom, 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 boom. And then he raps over it, and it's fantastic. Um, again, this is another great example of a music video just catapulting a song even higher than the song already was. Um, the music video is this weird coming to America riff. Um, and... Coming to America, the Eddie Murphy movie, right? That's yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and um, plus a lot of the craziness that uh, Buster and and half naked women that uh, seem to follow Buster Rhymes wherever he goes. Um, if you get a chance to watch this video, it should be right on YouTube. Check it out. It is. It's. It'll get your toes a tapping and. <laughs> Derp, derp, derp. Yep, one of those. So yes, put your hands where my eyes could see from uh, 1997's When Disaster Strikes by Busta Rhymes. Excellent. All right, we're up to number two. Matthew, number two. Man, I wish my number two was Rico Suave. Rico. Actually, I wish my Suave. number two was Taco Grande. The uh, Weird, Weird Al. Al parody of Rico Suave. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't so have any better. Weird Al on your list. Or I do almost you? did. Actually, Taco Grande very barely missed the list. And the reason why it missed the list was because there was so much music to be had. I felt like I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't walk away. My number three was almost Peaches by uh, the Presidents. Uh-huh, and I thought, uh-huh. well, no, that that that's not going to work. But I got to my number two, and it was going to be Taco Grande. My daughter was lobbying endlessly for Taco Grande <laughs> until I pulled out my phone, which I always have, and I pushed the little button. And the phone started going. And she said, that's it. My number two, Scatman, ski bob op bop da bop by Scatman John from 1995. You may not remember this song. But if you've ever heard it, you will recognize it immediately when it starts to play. Uh, apparently, and it's it's kind of a one-hit wonder, it's kind of a novelty song, but it's a gentleman who was a stutterer as a child. And in order to get over his stuttering, he taught himself how to scat sing. So throughout this song, he's and then he'll get to the bridges and he'll be like, Wonderful song, and the whole point of it is just basically that that very 90s assertion of whatever it is you do, be the best at what you do, and you can be awesome at it, and eventually something bad will probably happen to you, but not right now. And one of the lines in the song, he's like, everybody stutters one way or the other, which is so awesomely, bizarrely true. It's almost kind of a little twee sort of greeting card sentiment. But he sells it. He sells it to the point where you're like, yeah, everybody does stutter. Yes, <laughs> and John, you're totally right. And then you want to, you know, b- bike across America and talk about how Lance Armstrong is awesome, not knowing what we know 25 years down the line. So my number two, Scatman, Skibabop, Badop, Babop, Ababadabababop. My number two, um, speaking of uh, Scroll Brian. Uh, he and I Were would we? spend all sorts of time together. 
and um, and just talking about things that we'd love to do if we had the time, if we could afford it, all of these different things. I remember he got a uh, he got a full time job before me working over in Salina, and I would go over and visit, and that's of course where I bought my Walkman uh, nice. with the skip protection. Nice. And I was like, you know what? I've got to find a an album to go with this. And the one song that I had heard a couple of times that I had fallen in love with was uh, Counting Crows, Mr. Jones from 1993. And it is a song about hopes and dreams and wishes of what we can do if we could just make it, if we could just get into that next next step. And then, of course, for Mr. Jones and in that song, it's they wanted to be big musicians, you know, obviously for part of the people in that song. It actually played out for them. What's that? And stare at the beautiful women. And stare at the beautiful women. Yes. She's looking at me. No, yep. no, no, no. She's looking at me. So, uh, Mr. Jones, it's just this song about hopes and dreams at this time when I was having a lot of hopes and dreams, which were, again, about to radically change when I would uh, move from Kansas to the uh, East Coast and then to the West Coast in the matter of four years. So that is my number two. Zach, what you got? My number two is comes from another band that I did not start listening to until the 2000s. I was introduced uh, by my aunt and uncle. When you could walk. Yes. And discern what music really was. Uh, I was introduced to the band through a live, um, it was like a recording of them playing through Alaska uh, acoustically, some of their songs. And that just spurned my interest for the band, the Goo 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 Dolls. And my number two Mm. is Iris. It's a nice, nice song. I almost did Slide because Slide's like more happy and cool and stuff. But I like Iris because it was also played during every single one of my school dances from seventh grade year to (laughs) my senior prom. Yeah, right. And it's that song that you just want to have a nice, nice little girl with you and uh, with an arm's length apart, awkwardly rocking back and forth, Uh singing Uh this song completely off pitch, but really loud, hoping that it will make her like you slightly more. And, that, and that's the power. How, how the does that dolls. one go? I don't know if I remember. That Iris. is, hold on. I'd give up I the world. I don't want the world to see me. Yeah, I'd give up the world. Oh, I'd give up forever to touch the, you because I know that you feel me somehow. From, from that movie where... From uh, City of Angels. City yeah. of yes. Angels. Oh. Yes. I don't want the world to see me. <laughs> um, I just want you Iris, to know I'm made of ham. Iris was really confusing for me for a while because it has a very similar intro to The World I Know by Collective Soul. It has a damn near identical intro. It's it's, pre- it's really close yeah. to the point where like the first few times I heard it, I was actually angry about that. But now I'm like, meh, whatever. This actually happens all the time. All yeah. right. Yeah. There you go. Rodrigo, what do you got as your number two? Uh, my number two uh, is a song. A my good number one, two, right? Yes, it's very important musically. Uh, it's a song my, by a guy with yes, a backbeat. Yes, there it, there are instruments involved. Um, so I am not actually a big fan of the Smashing Pumpkins, who were big in the nineties. But there are a few songs by the Smashing Pumpkins that I like. And there is one song by the Smashing Pumpkins that I really like. To the point that whenever I encounter it, if it is within my power, I will usually listen to it at least twice in a row. 
Um, that song is Tonight Tonight uh, off of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, uh, which I think came out in 96. Um, another song with a great music video, um, the sort of like uh, Melier, like uh, mm-hmm. early special, yes, early mm-hmm. bare bones special effects stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, very, very cool stuff. And a really pretty song. Um, that uh, is apparently about uh, Billy Corgan getting through his crappy life as a young man um, and eventually being in a cool band, um, but mostly as a, as a Zach's uh, last pick goes for kind of rocking back and forward awkwardly with a special someone. Uh, Tonight Tonight by the Smashing Pumpkins. Rock too awkwardly by thousands of people by now and hopefully more discover it every day. I don't know how that goes. Uh, that one is harder to sing, but, uh, where might I have heard such a thing? Uh, did you go to any high school school dances? I hope not. <laughs> well, yeah, it was already, um, I can, I'll send you the video. I would have been like 24 or 25. At that point, you go to high school dances and you're, you know, a teacher. That guy, they just keep getting older and I stay <laughs> the same age. Wait. And George no, Bush, don't. apparently. Something like that. Shut up. <laughs> I have a very good impersonation of the president from the 90s as well. Yeah. Can I, I hear it? <laughs> I don't know. You do. I'm, not, I'm not hearing problems. it. Shut up. <laughs> All right, we are now both, and we're building a bridge. We are now up to our number ones. Our (sighs) favorite songs are our songs from the nineties. Our our number one position, and Matthew gets to kick us off. (sighs) Well, we started with kind of a general overview and dealt with some things that are very nineties, and the nineties were really the decade where I became not necessarily a person because I became a person in the probably the late seventies, eighties, but a person whose actions and words I kind of felt like belonged to me, a person that I felt like I could almost be proud of, Uh, you know, and there were times when, you know, maybe the earrings weren't such a great idea, but Hey, I still have the holes and it freaks the kid out. But I get to a point where I think about the nineties and one thing comes to mind. Throughout the 1990s, I owned a white 1977 Dodge, and it was a wonderful, wonderful car. To this day, all of my friends who hated that car in the 90s wax nostalgic about that car and wish I still had my Dodge Magnum. Even Steven was like, man, that thing's a boat. But now I'm sure he's thinking, man, I kind of miss that Magnum. No, I don't. And in that Magnum, <laughs> I had two things that never, ever went away. I had a Sparkomatic in-dash cassette player that I installed my damn self. And I had, and to this day still own, a cassette copy of Pearl Jam's debut album, 10. And I wanted my number one to be the whole album for a few reasons. Um, right now, Otter Disaster just shook his head and said, damn it. Actually, he said a lot worse than that, and he's probably giving his MP3 player the finger. This is an album that I loved to the point 
that it drove the people around me nuts. This is an album that could have ended my marriage at one point. This is an album that I literally think I played for a year straight without ever ejecting from the Dodge Magnum. And the reason why is I was Eddie Vedder in the 90s, or at the very least in my head. And on the end of side one is a song that I decided if I couldn't have the whole album, because I'm not the moderator, I can't break the rules and have a whole album be my number five. I would choose the number one. No, you can't, but I can't because I'm the moderator. Exactly. That's what I just said. Exactly. Exactly. I am backing you up, Steve. Sure. You, exactly. You exactly. Made the rules, you can break. The that's rules, right. And that's cool, and I love that. I can deal. I that's can dig right. It. Can you dig it? I can. All right. My number one. Never released as a single that I know of. Black. By Pearl Jam, and this is this this is a very personal song for me. This is another one that when I sing it, and I very rarely do, if I sing it, I sing the lyrics that I know in my head and my brain because black appeared on the album 10. And if you read the liner notes, there are lyrics for every song on the album 10, except this song, the lyrics weren't there and it's dark and it's weird and it's edgy. And it's got this, whoa, in the middle of it that you just kind of, yes, if you feel really, really awful and you sing the hell out of black, you feel not good, but actualized. And if you feel really great and you play black, it'll depress the hell out of you. But you'll still feel alive, by God. And that, that again, this is why my, my top five was very nearly extremely depressing. And I'm like, I've got so much depressing. I've got like Sonny came home and burned down the entire city. No, I can't do that. But I can't walk away from black. I don't know what it means. I think it's about lost love. I I think it's about lost love. What what Eddie Vedder thinks it's about? Hell, I don't know. It could be about corned beef and cabbage, but beer. It's about beer, probably. <laughs> but it is the number one song of the '90s. Possibly, it is a strong contender for my favorite song of all time. And I part of the reason for this is there's always a girl involved. Mm-hmm. I was walking along. I'm, you're humming. You ever hum in your head and not realize there are people around you? We were walking up the steps of my dormitory, and I was very 90s and very kind of like, oh, look at me. I'm an edgy loner. I wear short sleeve shirts over long sleeve shirts over short sleeve shirts. <laughs> you know? And yep. Nailed I was it. sitting, and the girl that I had a crush on was walking in front of me. And without thinking, I started to sing a little bit of the bridge of this song. Just about three notes of the bridge. And I sang it out loud and everybody stopped and everybody turned and everybody looked and the girl said, what was that you? And I said, yeah, she said, that was beautiful. I said, okay, we dated for like four days. And I think that the only reason we ever dated was because I sang four seconds of this song, mm. not in front of her but behind her. And that's why black is my number one song, even though it nearly ended my marriage. And if you mention it right now, somewhere utter disaster wants to punch me. Okay. (laughs) Well, I didn't just play it in in my car. Sometimes I played it in his car. 
Now, you know, in the office, we share. (laughs) Obviously, obviously a strong uh, personal uh, story there, but uh, 10 had a live even flow and Jeremy in it. Yes. So out of all of, you know, that that you want to put that album as your number as the number one. I would agree with you, Matthew, because there are a lot of. Good, yeah. good, good songs on that. Even the songs I like Jeremy a, heard I of, like a lot. Garden off that album that nobody's ever heard of. Oh my god, depressing song. I'm pretty sure it's about death. But if you sing Garden on the most depressing day of your life, when you get to the end of that song, you're gonna be a little less depressed. Mm-hmm. And your throat's gonna hurt like holy hell. Mm. So uh, my number one, by 1996, I was living in Atlanta and driving back and forth every day and listening to the alternative radio station down there and Mix, listening, listening to a lot of a lot of the depressing songs that were <laughs> yeah. going on right, right around then. Uh, put it out, put out by the Atlantises and the Pearl Jams and the Nirvanas and all that stuff. And the Stone Temple Pilots. And the Stone Temple Pilots and the Jello Pudding Pops. But there was one song that would that started to appear in 96 that I was like, what is this song? It's so fun. It's it's kind of a song saying, hey, baby, if I had the money, I would do all of these things for you. We could we wouldn't have to eat craft dinners. We wouldn't have to walk to the store. But I'd buy a you a real fur coat, but, mm-hmm. but not a real fur coat because that's that's cruel. I'd buy you a monkey because haven't you always wanted a monkey? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the Maybe album Chesterfield or Ottoman. The 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 song came out in 1992, but I didn't discover it uh, until '96 when the Bare Naked Ladies re-released a bunch of their songs on their Rock Spectacle album, mm-hmm. and I became a instant convert to Bare Naked Ladies, a Canadian mm-hmm. band um, out of Canada, by the way. The BNL. Uh, and Is that I, how you become Canadian? That's how you become Canadian. Interesting. And uh, you joined the BNL. <laughs> I loved the BNL, and I have ever since. And I continue to support them, even though I'm sad that Stephen Page is gone. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that incident was was sad, but I think Page and Robertson together make an excellent duo. And um, the more I learn about this band, the more you just listen to their songs and they're just fun. They're high spirited. I regret never being able to see the original Bare Naked Ladies mm-hmm. on stage together because I think that those concerts would be awesome. Um, but this this song, if I had a million dollars, is one of those that says, you know what? You can still have fun, even though you've gone through all these other things in your life. You know, you can still have fun. And enjoy it and don't take everything too seriously. And I think that's kind of epitomized by if I had a million dollars from Bare Naked Ladies came out in 1992. Fanciest Dijon catch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? There's never, depending on which, I mean, there's never a same version of the song in all of the re-releases that the song has done. The lyrics are changed uh, sometimes subtly, sometimes a lot from uh from uh, album to album but that's rock that's spectacle what's part of the love about it is it sounds like they're just riffing it oh yeah and the and point where they crack each other up over the dijon ketchups and yeah. the bacon if you that's, have that's why you love that song if you ever hear them do their live concert bits there are bits where they do an impromptu rap right in the middle of a song <laughs> and it's just like they just throw them a word and then that person has to do a rap right in the middle of the song that still ties into everything and then right back into the song it's they've it's got cool. a great performance style. Um, you know, there's a band from the 2000s 
Um, you know, Blink-182, I've pretty much got all of their albums. Bare Naked Ladies, I have all of their albums. And um, and then Bowling for Soup, which is a more of a 2000-era band. I've got all their albums, too. In fact, they just came out with one a year or so ago that I didn't realize and just bought today. Oh, so there you go. New music nice. to listen to. Hey. Hooray! But yes, if I had a million dollars, Bare Naked Ladies, my number one <laughs> song from the 90s. Top that, Zach. Oh. I will... Succeed in my mind and fail in everyone who listens to this mind. <laughs> the <Correct>. Spice Girls. <laughs> yes. No. I want. I want to. I want to paint a picture. I feel like I'll tell you what I want. If I if, if if you're a new listener to Top Five or any of the um, major spoilers podcast, I am the young well, hipster uh, doofus douche. Of well, the I wouldn't podcast. say doofus douche, but definitely I hipster. wouldn't say doofus. <laughs> One or the other. You can't, you're not. <laughs> I'll give you doofus and some days douche, but not usually both. Okay. So now that that's set, last May, I got in a car and I was driving out to the wonderful concert venue of Red Rocks to watch the band Bon Iver, who is fantastic, but did not produce any movies, music in the 90s. On the way there, I made a mixtape for our listening pleasure of songs that I wanted to listen to while driving. One of those songs was this song. As it came on, and I proceeded to belt out every note with full soul and spirit, my girlfriend reached over to the volume knob, turned it down. As I continued to sing louder, she skipped a song, and I said, do that again, and we are going home, because you do not ruin the song Truly, Madly, Deeply by Savage Garden. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yes. Why I like this song so much, I have no idea. But I love it oh so much. I thought I remembered seeing the music video when I was little in my memory, but I just looked it up and I have never seen it before in my oh, life. Okay. But... Yeah, this song. I must have been thinking of Cherry Cola or whatever that one. I think that's also a very good song. I like my chicken Cherry Cola. I don't know. I I remember a music video with a waterfall. I just assumed it was this fall, considering you're not thinking TLC, which probably is what I'm thinking of. Um, but this song just uh, another great uh, high school dance song. Very dense lyrically. Dense in a good way, not dense in a... <laughs> what, what, I, what, I, what I like about um, Truly Madly Deeply, if... Uh, actually... Just for now? Yeah, I, I, what I like about it is that it's kind of like a reverse Sam I Am. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's telling you all the places where it would do things. <laughs> <laughs> I want to stand with you yeah. on a mountain. Yep. I want to drink with you from the sea. I want to lay here on the tarmac. Let <laughs> planes fly all over me. I can ruin any oh, song in geez. six notes. Ruin that song. You did. I'm sorry. I, I believe at one point I said, when I eventually get married, that I will put lyrics from Truly Madly Deepy into my vows. Oh, wow. Because yeah. they speak to me. They do. I don't you, know why. Have you tattooed those lyrics on your body somewhere? <laughs> no, they haven't. They haven't reached a tattoo level. Of but you got uh, Mumford, Mumford and Sons, and Sons on there. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Never be ashamed of what speaks to you, man. No, you shouldn't. Even if it's awful, 
Even I mean, if it there is are Hansen. things that I love. That <laughs> Even are if it is Hanson, yes. Broad awful. But you, you, it, it is what it is, and I mean that's a that's a good song. That's a very strong contender. And again, you almost made up for liking Big Butts. <laughs> oh come on, that's a great song. Everyone loves that song. So much so that Glee ripped it off recently. Yeah, freaking so. Glee. You know, they ripped off somebody. Yep. Uh, all right, Rodrigo, it is up to Hey-o. you. Closing out this show with a number one. All right, my number one is uh, a song that I consider to be one of the most beautiful songs, if not the most beautiful song. Um, it. I did not discover it in the 90s. I probably discovered it sometime in the following decade uh but the, the first the time before. i say what i couldn't think of what the following decade was for a second i'm like what oh <laughs> yes the following decade previously i discovered it in the 80s um i was moving back i'm benjamin buttoning myself I, I i'm so old that i almost made the joke that we're still in the following decade that will tell you where i'm sitting right now <laughs> yep yep it's like it was only the 70s three weeks ago. Shut up. In any case, <laughs> uh, my number one song, I did. I discovered it in college, and I remember hearing it and being like, what is that song? And then not being able to track it down because Shazam hadn't been invented yet. And if it had, it wouldn't matter because smartphones hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> I got this great app. Yep, I know. It's like I just have like this like piece of graph paper full of code it's not doing me any good <laughs> so uh my number one is no surprises by radiohead which is a song that is slow sad and very pretty um yes. and really shows off uh tom york is that his name yes uh, his voice and uh, also comes from an album with a great pedigree where a lot of great songs, a lot of, uh, you know, the songs that you think of Radiohead for uh, are a lot of those come from. Um, but I think, you know, there are a lot of songs. I loved Bare Naked Ladies when I was a kid and I listened to them a lot mm -hmm. as I was moving from middle school into high school. And it got to the point where nowadays I kind of can't listen to them anymore because I listen to them so much. And I still memory-wise love them, but it's difficult for me to listen to those songs now because I, I tired my brain out on them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, – yeah, I can see where you're coming from because without Stephen Page there, you listen to the new album and it's like, well, it's still yeah. Bare Naked Ladies, but it's not – that memory infused bare naked. Right, things. right, and right. Will it ever and, be? But but I can't see a moment in which I won't want to listen to No Surprises. It yeah. is just um it's a song where you don't have to listen to the lyrics and get completely depressed. You can't just listen to the music and be okay. Mm -hmm. Um or you can get yourself into the most awful funk by paying attention. Get the full um, Toto yes. 99 experience. Absolutely. My number one, No Surprises by Radiohead, a truly, truly beautiful song, but not a truly madly, deeply beautiful song. Right, right. Creep mm. from Radiohead is on my also rans list. Uh, yeah, me too. That's a good Creep one. Creep is a fantastic song. Paranoid which, Android is also good. Which uh, does bring uh -huh. us to that point in the show where we run down our list of also rans 
Oh. And um, our list is extensive, so let's just start There's throwing them out. So many. It was so hard. Eminem. Yeah. My name is. What? My name is. Hmm? <laughs> my name is Steve Schleicher. Wiki, 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 wee. Britney Spears, baby, one more time. Soundgarden, Rusty Oh, Cage. you want me to sing it? Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, start, oh, 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 start rattling some. off oh, your list. Uh, Living the Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. Beastie Boy Sabotage. Oh. Bullet bye with bye. Butterfly Wings. Bye, oh, bye, bye. Insane. Jumper. I wish yeah. you would step back and Ooh, that's not a good get song. Sued. Yep. Beastie uh, yeah. Boys Intergalactic. Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja Men? Oh, James Laid. Oh. Six Underground. <laughs> 500 miles. Yep. Metallica, yeah. Inner Sandman. Mm. Big Pimpin' by Jay Z. Black Hole Sun. Oh, Hole Ooh. from Celebrity Skin. Yeah. Machine Head, Bush. Delight. Groove is in the heart. Yeah. That's uh, way one, early 90s. Like One you probably don't know, Roll to Me, Delamitri. Oh, yeah. I know that one, yeah. Great one. Bohemian, Bohemian Like You. Mm hmm. That's a good one. The thong song. <laughs> song. Corner shop, brimful of Asha. All right, what about this one? All I want for Christmas is you. Oh, Ooh. oh, 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 nice. Horrible, but nice. Sex <laughs> and candy. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Cure, yeah. Friday I'm in love. Tub thumping. Oh, yeah. Tub House thumping. Of, House of pain, jump around. Oh. Mm. Inside out, Eve six. Yeah. Yeah. Long, long December. Oh, nice. Uh, Beck's where it's at. Oh, man. All of Beck. All of Beck. <laughs> Edwin McCain, I'll be. Da, 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 da. There's, oh, no, there's no no doubt on the list. Oh, I yeah. Mm-hmm. I I was like so close to putting. There's a lot of stuff. No doubt. Spiderwebs. Yeah, Spiderweb. Yeah, Spiderweb, just Spider- a girl. Bittersweet Symphony. Yeah. Oh, that's a good song. Oh, that's a good one. And Pulp. My Own Worst Enemy. Pulp's Common People. That's a good one, too. Mm-hmm. Unbreak My Heart. By Tony Braxton. Oh, oh, you're killing me over here. Oh. I know, right? You know what? My kid has a toy guitar that plays Eric heavy Badu. by Collective Soul. Oh, man. Collective Soul. This could have been an all Collective Soul show. <laughs> Runaway Train. <laughs> what's uh, what's John Popper's uh, band? Blues, uh, Traveler. Blues, Blues Travelers. I don't have any Book, Blues Travelers. The Runaround. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, barely breathing is one. Oh, and the the one that always sticks with me that I never heard till like four years ago, "Take a Picture" by Filter. Yeah, with that, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Anything oh, that's no, I got that's I, I maxed out. Man, there's just so much stuff. Yeah, Barbie Girl. Girl. Yeah. Oh, Barbie Girl. Uh, Barbie yeah. Girl. Yeah. It's a rap. Ninja. Ninja. Rap. Right. Ninja. Ninja. Rap. Yep. Can't to- can't top the ninja rap. Yep. Nobody can. You try and top the ninja rap. We need to do well, this for the 70s. This too. is this is the thing. Oh, we certainly can, but uh, we're certainly not doing it for next episode because my mind oh, no. is tapped out from the songs <laughs> for the moment. But, listeners, we have run through a bunch of our also-rans, and we've run through our top fives. This is where you get to voice your uh, thoughts. What are your top five songs from the 90s? Songs, uh, follow the rules here. Uh, you're not the, you're not the moderator. Um, don't just list them. Don't just show list them. Work. Show your work. You got to share the ideas. And I know some people are like, well, I hope some ska's on there. I hope you have so-and-so on there. I hope oh, you have this on there. Man. hope you have this. Da, 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 da. Here's your chance. Head over to Majorspoilers.com, link in the show notes, and share your thoughts on what your favorite songs from the 1990s are. Blaze of glory. Going down ah! in a blaze of glory. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank See, you so much for uh, tuning in and listening. And uh, next time, 
check us out. I don't know what the topic's going to be, but I do know one thing. Everybody loves a list. We'll talk to you soon. Elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.